All right. Give it a couple of minutes. Get a few people in here. So give me a wave or a clap if you can hear me okay. All right, well, welcome everyone. Once again, to stand up for the blue and green on Spaces. Uh, this is our new home. Um, pretty exciting stuff for us. We've uh, decided to create a dedicated space for all this content. So... Uh, this will be our first time on here and, and big plans for the future. Uh, our recorded podcast is something that we have uh, in the works, hopefully up and running for an end of season review. Uh, so, um, and hopefully that's as late as possible, depending on um, how things go in terms of the, uh, the rest of the season. So we have that to look forward to. And, you know, to be clear on this, a lot of thanks has to go out to um, all of you who take part get on here to discuss all things York United. Um, big thanks to my, my co-host Jason uh, and all of you who are the regular panel members, Namu, Ronan, Fern. Um, I'm going to forget people, but um, you all know who you are, Josh, when he's on here. Um, it's, it's your involvement that makes it what it is. It's, it's a representation of the community we're starting to create around this club and, and it couldn't be done without all of you. So as we, we try and grow this and make it into something bigger and, and, and add more content, um, you know, give yourselves a pat in the back for being a part of that. Uh, very exciting stuff for us. So um, share some socials. Um, any of you wanting to take part in a supporters group um, and support this great club? Um, there's a couple of ways. Um, and you can follow Northern Corridor on Twitter at NCSGYU. Center of the Universe, if you're downtown, it's uh, at C-O-T-U underscore S-G. And if you just want to get a feel for how things are going, we also have sort of our socials hub. That's at York Supporters. So check all that out. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll get started with things here. So um, our recent form seems to be improving. Um, you know, after losing four straight, during a, a run of no wins in 10, which ended with a 4-2 loss to Pacific, our upcoming opponent, on July 15th. Uh, we've, we've got four wins and three losses since then. 
and we've won two out of our last three. So some encouraging signs there. Um, considering the, the run we were on, a lot of it affected uh, massively by injuries and inconsistency within the squad. So um, very much uh, exciting times to see that we're starting to show some life and give our opponents uh, a difficult time. Um, unfortunately, we still sit seventh on the table on 23 points. Um, we are eight points above eighth. Um, you know, there's still time left, so I wouldn't call that safe, but it, it's, it's a much more comfortable position. And 12 points out of the uh, playoffs um, it means that there is still hope there. Um, and we have, I believe it's Forge and Pacific with games in hand. So um, since the last time we, we chatted on here, uh, we had our 3-2 uh, win against Edmonton. Uh, quite an exciting event um, for us on home soil there. Um, some late drama, scoring two goals in the last 10 minutes to make sure we sealed that one. Um, then we went to Hamilton um, and our 3-1 victory there was 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 quite adamant. Um, and we got to see sort of glimpses of what um, Mobile Bully is going to bring to our side, to our attack. Um, and then after that, we, we honestly lost 1-0 to Cavalry in a match that we probably should have had points from. Uh, I think we played really well. We only imagine what the weather delay affects it, but we, we deserved at least, at least a point out of that. Uh, if not all three. So, um, lads, who's the first one that wants to jump in? Hey, I might as well jump in there, Chris. Uh, it seems like it's been a long time since we've had live football. I had to re-look at that Edmonton game again. Yeah, It was, seemed like such a long time ago. Um, I was like, you know me, I'm usually the negative Nelly about all of this. And at the time... At the at the time, I was I was pretty disappointed. I think it was you who said to me on the way back. It was like, if this had been a few months ago, we would have folded. We would have lost that game two one. And yeah. I was watching it again. And to be honest with you, the third goal was a goalkeeping error, but we kept on at it, and we got the result in the end. So I have to say, I was critical at the time because Edmonton weren't great, I and mean, there was parts of the game that we made them look good. Um. But I, I take I, I take on board what you said about that, Chris, because I, I do think in the end that, that we we battled through it where earlier in the season we wouldn't. Um, the Forge game I was away for, so I think I'm going to have to go on vacation more often. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I watched it, and yeah, we, we we looked damn good for that one. So like, there's no complaints there. And the Cavalry game is, as you said, it was decent. I think they were decent as well, but. Uh, it's very hard to judge once they've had. I've never seen a, like a long breakup in a game like that before. Yeah, yeah, that that must it's, it must be hard for two teams. It really must have been hard for two teams. So, you know, it's one of those ones like you said. You could nick a point out of that. It could go either way. It's it's the rub of the green sometimes. I think we've yeah. missed Nico. I think we have uh, missed Nico. But again, yeah, I think I, I think any team's going to miss a keeper like that. You know. Yeah, and you and I were kind of chatting about it before this about you know. In, in fairness to, to him or us, I mean, you consider the level he was at and then he's just thrown into the fire. And he's 20, um, 20 years old as well. Like, nah, yeah, yeah. Th- 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 it's it's not ideal. And again, it's it's nothing against the lad. But no. like, we've got one of the best keepers in the league, in my opinion, and I think probably your opinion as well. When you, when you miss someone like that, it's, it's, it's kind of like the centre-backs and your defence actually has, a, they've got trust in them. 
So they're, they're kind of a little bit more confident. I, I'm wondering, because yeah. it was one of, one of the goals against, uh, was that against Edmonton, where it was, it, was, it was really bad marking. And I'm yeah. just wondering, is there a presence missing there at the back? But do you know what? The form is picked up, but uh, I think I, I, I don't think we're getting anywhere near the playoffs. So I think just enjoy the end of the season. Just hopefully we get a run of games. We've got three well, home games left and we just we just enjoy them and then build for next year. Well, I mean we'll we'll transition from from you, negative Nelly, to uh to uh that to was Angus. me pre- that was me pretty positive today though. We'll we'll bring Angus in here because he's on a bit of a, a tight schedule and uh and we'll see what, what he has to say about the last couple of uh last couple of matches. Hey guys, how are we doing? Um hope everyone can hear us okay and uh, good evening to everyone. Um, I, sounds it sounds really peaceful. It sounds really peaceful where you are right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's peaceful enough. I've just, um, I'll be honest, I've just nipped out of uh, a restaurant where um, I'm having a bit of dinner to catch up with you guys. So <laughs> we've got a couple of minutes for you. So uh, fair enough. But no, it's um, well, I, I actually don't think Ronan's been too positive, negative, anything. It's pretty balanced in terms of where, where we've come across there the the last three, um, and I think look. There's been some rough moments this year and we've spoken about the run and everything else like that. But I I point to the last couple of weeks and when you look at us as a group, when we've had players fit and when Martin's had options, um, we're two and two against Cavalry and we're disappointed we're two and two when we look at the game in Cavalry last weekend and the the 1-0 win um, for them at York Lions, um, and then when we look at Forge, we're two and one against them right now. So when we've got options and there's the ability to make changes, and even when you look at everything that went on in that Forge game and what we're having to do and how we're having to make changes at left back with Paris getting the uh, the knock on his foot, and then Matteo as well. Um, like when there's options there and we've got the ability to make changes and rotate the squad, it's been pretty positive. Um, and I think when we judge it and when we look at things and when we look at how things are going as a squad with with guys to bring in that are, are senior players, not development roster players, when guys come in, they've stepped up and they've made a difference and whether that's new signings coming in through the year um, or whether it's guys just when they're presented with opportunity um, as sort of senior players it's, it's had an impact it's gone well and that's obviously very pleasing for, uh, for us as we, as we look to the future um, and uh, we'll, we'll maybe even have a little bit more good news and it looks like Max is going to be uh, on the plane and traveling out to Pacific this weekend as well. So hopefully him coming back as well and starting a run of things for him towards next year too. So um, look, it is about keeping building um, and we've just got to keep the momentum and win the game that's in front of us every week and we'll see what happens from there. Any, uh, any other injury updates? Not not, no. not nothing massive at this point. Um, we're just sort of working through a few things and seeing how guys are, right. um, and and just trying to work out what the the sort of the next course of action is. So um, Isaiah's knee has not sort of 
calmed down, as it were, as much as we think. So we're pretty certain it's a meniscus issue um, mm. that's not um, just reacted on its own with a bit of rest. So uh, we're waiting on uh, MRI results from him um, in the last sort of 48 hours to see what course of action there will be and other things there. But obviously for those that do or don't know, the roster sort of freeze side of things for CPL is in and happen now. And yeah. uh, we've not made any further changes when that shuts um, or, or shut today. So uh, we'll be as we are between now and the remainder of the season. Well, I mean, if the, like you said, if we start getting players like Max and so on back, then that's only going to bolster us. Because I think it's fair to say, I mean, the addition of Boba Bully has been, has been um, a massive one in terms of, of what it's done for our attack. I mean, it seemed to make a difference right away as soon as he was on the pitch the first time. Yeah, Mo's been great in terms of it. And it's it's on the pitch, but just the way he holds himself around the place. Um, he's, he's been a really good influence. And um, he's not a guy who's going to walk into a dressing room and give big, big rousing speeches or anything else like that. There's just a calm, a confidence around him um, that he, he's able to sort of really energize the group with. Um, and that sort of reassurance he has on the ball and just comfort within his own skin. Um, yeah, he does in, incredibly well um, and is going to be a big part of things for us over the next couple of years moving forward. Right on. Well, you know, I don't want to keep you too long. I guess, I guess uh, while you're out there, I, I will ask, uh, have you had, I'm assuming you've had uh, interactions with our new commissioner. Um, I did, any, any... Um, no, I did. I had, uh, obviously, I was there last week uh, for the announcement. Yeah. Um, and uh, had breakfast with Mark as well on, uh, on Friday last week. Uh, so um, he, he's a great guy. Um, if you want the honest truth, and very, very happy as a as part of the league's board of governors that we've made the appointment, and um, I think he's someone who's going to help us drive this forward um, across the country. So, yeah, very, very happy to be uh, working with Mark, and he's someone that we're already chatting about when he's going to come out to a game um, and, and sort of meet all of you all. Um, but he's He's great in that I think probably most impressive thing is that he comes in with great experience, but without saying, I have all the answers. Um, he realizes his first job is to listen um, and to improve and offer solutions on where we've got to already and the progress we've made, and then to build on that. And uh, yeah, really, really great guy. Really enjoyed his company. And uh I think he's going to do a fantastic job. Awesome. All right, Angus. Well, we won't we won't keep you too long. I mean, I appreciate you jump, jumping in and uh, with the short amount of time you have there. Um, yeah, no bother at all. And yeah, no we look forward. To, when are we going to see you again? Do you know when we'll see you again? Uh, I think it will be probably the uh, in terms of I'll be in, I'll be up again in Canada, but. I think in terms of the next game at York Line Stadium, I actually have to head to a, uh, a wedding in uh, Michigan next week. I'm getting <laughs> called on family duty, uh, uh, but it'll probably be the, uh, the Halifax game. Awesome. All right. Well, well, we'll catch up when we see you there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. All right, guys.
catch Cheers. you real soon. Cheers. Thanks, man. Angus. Bye. All right. So that was our usual appearance from Angus McNabb. Um, a little bit of insight. Um, with some of the stuff going on around the club right now. Um, and I'll, I'll use this, this, this opportunity now to pivot to our next guest. And uh, happy to bring in uh, Oliver Platt from One Soccer. Uh, Oliver, how are you? Hey, guys. Good, thanks. How are you? Not too bad. Can't complain at all. Really appreciate you taking the time to join us. We've been uh, fortunate with uh, getting some interesting guests on here this year. So we, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we really, uh, really appreciate you taking the time to chat. I'll, I'll do my best to live up to the standard Hume set last week. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, uh, it's been an interesting year that way for sure. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll leave it pretty open-ended to start. Um, you know, I, I noticed we had some, some, uh, some of the mid-season report cards out for some teams on, on the CPL website. Um, why do you think you could share your thoughts on, on York season so far and, and maybe what grade you might give them at this point in the season? Um, yeah, it's a difficult one to grade, I guess, because I think there's, it's almost been split in two. Um, obviously, when you look at the big picture and the fact that the team has you know, a lot of work to do to make the playoffs at this point, you can't look at that and be satisfied by that, given that York was a playoff team last season. So overall, I think that there's obviously still improvement to be had and, and, and probably some disappointment there in the way things have gone. But I definitely think over the past few weeks, it started to turn a corner. And, and I've been impressed with what I've seen from a lot of the new signings coming in. I think maybe some some lessons have been learned just in terms of, you know, uh, things that didn't work in, in the winter window and, and, and even prior to that. Um, and some really good additions have been made. So I, I think over the last few games, you're starting to see because of the quality that's now in the squad, you're starting to see Martin's ideas have come through a bit more. Um, and some of the performances have been really good, obviously, namely the the win at Forge. So that bodes well for next season. Um, and hopefully, you know, this is just kind of the early signs of, of a bit of a revival going into to 2023. Um, yeah, and I mean, we've obviously seen injuries have taken taken their toll this year. Um, as far as that goes, I mean, and you, you've been around the league for a while. I mean, you know, some of us wonder, and, and I guess the question is fair to say, you know, does this maybe in some ways point to some of the issues with the way the league is structured, especially when you're running into the problems that York's faced this year and not really having um, uh, an available squad to tap into in terms of a second team or, or, or even, dare I say, academy players to bring in? Yeah, I think it's a tricky one. I think they've tried to address that with the, the development contracts and the different ways that clubs can get players on the roster in, in more of a short-term way. U-Sports, I think, is part of that as well. Um, obviously, at the end of the day, there's going to be a financial reality. Like It's, it's difficult for clubs in the CPL at the, at the league's current stage to you know, be running a reserve team or to be running a full academy and have that, that constant pipeline of players. So um, I, I think you know they're, they're probably dealing with it the best they can within the the limitations and the the you know the the facts of the situation on a financial level that we have right now um and i think it's something obviously that teams have to think about when when they build their roster um you know looking at, at york's roster coming into this season you you had a few players who don't get me wrong they're very good players when they're healthy but they've had a little bit of trouble with injuries uh, and then you also had some guys coming off of long-term injuries as well. So maybe there was a bit of kind of elevated risk there compared to some other clubs. Um, and that's something I just think you have to factor in probably when, when you're building your roster at the start of the season. 
Um, so looking at what we see in the standings at this point so far, um, any surprises for you in what we're seeing uh, in terms of the in terms of the table and uh, you know or even recent results? Um, I, I think you have to be a little bit surprised by Atletico Ottawa. I, I, I said at the start of the season that I thought they would be much better than last season, and you know a lot of the people I talked to around the league picked them out as having a really good off season. Um, a lot of people were impressed by the signings they made. Uh, getting a lot of kind of veterans familiar with the league into into the club, but also some a bit of stardust when you look at Baloo Tabla, for example. So that that was definitely one where I'm not surprised that they're better and much better, but they're top of the table, right? That you know this is this was the last place team last season, and and to go from last to first is is no small feat. So that that's been really impressive. I'd, I'd probably say that's been the biggest surprise. Um, other than that, I, I think it's been pretty much the league we expected. I, I think Forge Pacific and Cavalry were always going to be uh, up there and contending for a playoff place. And then you looked at, at York, Valor, um, Halifax, and, and obviously Ottawa as well as, as the teams trying to catch them up and, and compete for that last playoff place, obviously. So aside from Ottawa really jumping ahead probably quicker than we expected, I, I think it's probably panned out pretty much to, to script so far. I'll take this time to... Uh... Guys, any of you that want want to jump in with uh, with questions for Oliver, please uh, stick your hand up and uh, and uh, let me know. Um, so, I guess if you touched on the finances a bit too, Oliver, but you know, where do we? Where, what are you thinking about? We have Langley on on the horizon possibly, and there's always been there's been rumblings around Saskatoon, which seems to be kind of stalled. Um, obviously, when our 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 previous commissioner left, Windsor was on the table. Do you, do you still think it's? Do you think it's a right time? Do we do we continue to try and grow, um, or is it too early? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I think the league needs to grow one hundred percent. I think it needs to be a, to be a massive priority for the new commissioner. Um, obviously, you've got to get it right. You know, you can't just rush into projects and find that they don't work out. And then if you're having to, um, you know, to take teams away, that's that's a never a good situation to be in. So. I think the new commissioner is aware of that. You know, I spoke to him a little bit about what he looks for in, in an expansion club, and he has a very specific list of, you know, criteria basically that I think has has served MLS well. And obviously, he's got a lot of experience in MLS and has been through that situation of having to to contract the league in in the early two thousands with uh, with Tampa and Miami at the time. So I think he's got a good idea of of how to go about that, and that was probably part of the reason why he was he was selected. Um, but yeah, I, I think we need to be aggressive. I, I've always said this. Like, I personally think that the league is too uh, too hesitant at times to really put itself out there to you know to get into local media to talk about the CPL, talk about potential expansion teams, be really proactive in, in trying to generate buzz and interest, right? And uh, I don't think we can just rely on you know wealthy people in Canada uh, kind of just having this brainwave that I've got to invest in soccer. I've got to be a soccer owner. I've got to invest in the CPL. Like we've got to go to them and find them um, and explain why, why this is a good idea for them to get involved in. So uh, from what I've heard from the new commissioner, the, the conversations I've had with him last week when, when he was first appointed, I think he was saying all the right things on, on that front. So I'm encouraged by that. And hopefully we just start to see that accelerate a bit more now. So when we look at that with expansion, right. And, um, so it, it brings up it brings up the subject for me that um, we see the challenges that York faces in the market that they're in, and Langley is on the horizon, which would be essentially directly competing with 
um, white caps. Um, what, what, what do you think, aside from TFC, are the major challenges that York is facing in the market? And do you think that Langley will suffer the same, um, the same challenges? Um, I don't necessarily think so. I, I think the Langley one is an interesting one because they are clearly going to brand themselves as Vancouver. Um, and so I guess there's some similarities in terms of, you know, being in that big market like York is. Um, I, I, I kind of got to see how that, that pans out. I think there's people in charge of that project when obviously you look at Rob Friends, who is as familiar as anyone with the Canadian Premier League, um, you know, has, has had those experiences with Pacific to, that you would think he, he's obviously learned a lot of lessons, learned what works, what doesn't work, and, and has a good idea of what he wants to do there. Um, I think with, with York, like, the, the club has to find a permanent home. That That's the long and short of it for me. And that will, it, it will continue to be a challenge, I think, for the club to really take hold um, until that happens. And, and I think that's fundamental for any club, right? You need to know what community you're playing in, what community are you representing, are you reaching out to, trying to bring into the club. I think that's just been a little bit confused with York um, through the first few seasons. You know, is it a York region club? Is it a Toronto club? Uh, where's the long-term home going to be? How long are we going to be at York Lions Stadium? All those different things. I, I just don't think there's been that clarity. So you, you look at what they're doing with the Woodbine project now, and, and that's really encouraging. Um, and, and that's exactly what they need, right? Is, is a permanent home, a time, a, a chance, sorry, to to really put down those roots and, and, and then to start growing the club in that community and beyond it in, in the proper way. Um, but I think it has to start with with that facility. It's interesting that you bring up the Vancouver angle because we, we chat all the time in our, in our circles about, um, about, you know, the, the woulda, shoulda, coulda, should have been a Toronto brand for York. Um, or would that just put it in the shadow of TFC versus York really sort of a way of cornering that Northwestern market and then the Northern fringes of the GTA. So it's, it'll be curious to see how the Vancouver thing, if they go with Vancouver as a brand, if that helps them take off or limits them in some ways, because we definitely have that debate all the time. Um, I had yeah. Ronan, you had your hand up there. You you have a question for Oliver? Yeah, I do, Oliver. How are you doing, man? Good, thank you. How are you? Uh, my question is, it's something that I think it's... Sometimes I feel like the league's restrictions, like the cap and the under-21 rules, kind of hamper the league rather than help it. What's your views on that? Um, I, I think I definitely would like to avoid the league going down some of the pathways that MLS has gone down and I understand why they've done it and there's certain valid reasons for it and, and it's worked in some aspects but I think MLS has got to a point where it's too complicated um, all the allocation money discovery list you, you know all the drafts they do it's it's too much and it's not necessary I think at this point in the league's evolution so I, I would like to see the CPL maybe go down a different pathway from that um, I, I do think when when you look at where European football is now and, and the what I think is a crisis that is happening right now in, in Europe in terms of the finances of the game and the sustainability of the game, I, I do think uh, financial controls are necessary, particularly for a league that, you know, is a startup league, needs to get on, on solid footing and, and find that foundation over its first five or ten years. I think you need um, sensible financial controls in terms of a salary cap and, um, you know, creating something that's sustainable over the long term so the cap i have no problem with i i, I just think like i said 
let's keep it quite simple. Let's let clubs be creative with, within that cap in, in the way that they want to be and, and not try and, you know, make them all do the same thing um, and avoid some of those pathways that MLS has gone down. But in terms of basic financial controls, I, I, I think they're just a necessity, to be honest. So it's, I can only imagine, I mean, I, I don't know how to phrase the question specifically, but it, it must be an interesting perspective to, to be in your position and sort of like what from ground up, essentially watch a league sort of form out of nothing. Uh, what, what has that experience been like as, it, as it's moved along in the pandemic coming in and, and, and all the challenges it's faced so far? Yes, it's been interesting for sure. Um, I think like it's easy to get wrapped up in, in the small stuff sometimes. And there's definitely points over the first few seasons where, you know, I want things to move faster. I'm frustrated with certain things. I don't think some things are, you know, as good as they could be. But I, I think at times you have to take a step back and say, this, this is hard. You know, starting a league is hard. We've, we've never done it in this country in a sustainable, successful way. Um, and and you have to have a bit of realism and appreciation for, for how far we actually have come when, when you step back and look at that bigger picture. And it, it's, it's not... Um, over the top, I don't think, to say that a new league starting as it did and then getting hit by a global pandemic could have absolutely crushed it. Uh, and for us to still be here, to have played through those two seasons that, that were affected by COVID, to now be kind of back to some sense of normality and, and, and be able to really move forward, I, I think I think has been, you know, really, really good for the league. Um, I also think just what, what's excited me most is, is the level of play. Uh, I think as much as some of the off-field stuff can catch up, and, and I'm sure you, you know you guys have had things that that you'd like to see improve, and, and and a lot of that is totally legitimate. But the one thing I don't think many people can complain about or be unhappy about uh, is how good some of these players have been and, and teams have been, coaches as well. Um, I, I, I think they've really shown that you know all of us who who said that Canadian talent was a bit underrated and underappreciated and didn't have the platform that it deserved. I think they've definitely vindicated that over the first few seasons. We, we've seen players come out of nowhere who never would have had professional careers um, and are now going to play professional football for 10, 15 years, have a great career, maybe even play for Canada. Um, and you can really start to see that talent being being made the most of for the first time. Are you? Uh, do you find it a challenge to stay neutral? Um, to stay in neutral? Your, yeah, as opposed, to, as opposed to picking a side to, to support you quietly. In the background, support aside, or you managed to stay pretty neutral. Honestly, no, I, I don't find it difficult. Like I, I don't know. As as I've got a bit older, I, I have kind of fewer and fewer allegiances. To be honest, I probably had loads of teams when I was growing up that I cheered for, and now I pretty much just cheer for one. So who is know, it? Uh, MK Dons. I think I'm the only one in Canada. <laughs> wow, my, lo my local team back home in England. So yeah, they're That's... the only ones that I find I really kind of care about these days, and from a fan perspective, but obviously. Um, it's, it's kind of just a different kind of support that I, I want to see these clubs be successful. I want to see the players be successful. But in terms of individual clubs, I honestly couldn't pick one as, as a favorite. Right. MK Johns. That's the that's the take of the year so far. I love that. <laughs> it's way more refreshing for me than than when people say, you know, the typical Liverpool, Arsenal, uh, right. God forbid, Man City, um, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I thanks, I, Chris. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, very targeted uh, <laughs> names they call that there. <laughs> I've, yeah, I mean, and I found it interesting that there seems to be a secret little uh, and comforting for me Aston Villa society hiding within the league 
So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, including myself. So it's it's been an interesting thing that way in terms of how that goes. But uh, MK Dons, that's a take of the year for sure. So, <laughs> so, so look, I'll uh, I'll put you on the spot. Um, I'll ask who who oh, your prediction? Who's going to win it this year? Who's your dark horse that could come out of nowhere? And will York make the playoffs? Um, okay, I'll start with the, the last one. I, I think it's going to be just a bit too much to ask when, when you look at the standings right now. Um, I'd love to be proven wrong because that would make for a brilliant end to the season for, for us in, in terms of the games. But I, I think it's probably just going to be asking a little bit too much. Um, Dark Horse, I, I think it has to be Valor, right? Like they're, they're hot right now. And this is a playoff league. If, if you get in form and, and get some momentum at the right time, um, it's not very many games. Anything can happen in, in that playoff uh, playoff phase, right? So they're a team that could be really interesting. I think they've really solidified that back line. They obviously already had John baptiste Now they've got Mekadechian, who, who looks like a fantastic signing. Yesley and Goals been been really good over the past few weeks as well. So um, they're a team that I think if they can sneak in and, and knock someone out of the playoffs, no one will want to face them because they'll be on such a, a high coming out of that. And then in terms of who I think is going to win it, I, I think it's I think it's so unpredictable, the CPL playoffs, that it, that it could be any one of the teams in the top four. But I still do think right now that on paper, at least, uh, and looking over the season as a whole, I, I think Forge is still the, the top team in the league and the team to beat. Fair enough. No, that'll be, uh, that'll be interesting to see what that, how that plays out in the end, um, especially with that, that race for the last spot. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a bit too much of a drop between from fifth down to sixth through eighth, but uh, but that's where we're at at this point. So, so um, at this point, honestly, Oliver, I just want to say thanks for joining us. It's been it's been it's been um, it's been a lot of fun this year getting people on, and, and you haven't let us down in terms of uh, in terms of what you brought tonight. So I really do appreciate you taking the time, um, and hopefully we can uh, circle back at the end of the year when we. Uh, we look at doing our reported our, our first recorded podcast maybe have you on there for for a part of our recap absolutely guys thanks for having me on cheers thanks so much well lads shall we move on here i have a question for for any one of you that wants to hop in at this point um how did we all feel about the return of yorkie well, I uh, I did see some some wild stuff on my Twitter. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it. We managed to get that message to him through time, and he found a way to come back and completely sabotage that match for Forge. That was that was something spectacular, wouldn't you say? Yep the um, that was a game where I was part of the crowd there at one eighteen with yep. a bunch of uh, Center of the Universe and Northern Corridor, and it was a... It always seems to be a good time there. Maybe not at the playoff game last year, but if you look <laughs> at many of our visits to Forge over 2021 uh, and uh, this year as well, we can always get a good result to get against them, against a, a very good team that has a ridiculous goal difference right now. But uh, yeah, Osaze getting her done early on, and... Uh, you know, to see uh, to see the guys with the three to one win was uh, was really good. Like Babuli has hit the ground running, absolutely. Um, you know, Ensa's uh, been waiting a long time for a goal, and to get that one from outside the box had us going uh, 
pretty pretty excited. So, oh man, we could see it on TV. It was it was pretty fun to watch. I unfortunately wasn't able to make that trip, but it was uh, a lot of fun to watch that. I mean, that was performance of the year for this club early, and, and a chance to see I think what we're capable of. That was a uh, two of the goals too, right in front of the uh, the Yorkie that was hanging out there in the Barnes. Oh man, Alley. he ever had- he ever looked dejected, didn't he? <laughs> so, and you know what? We'll use that as a pivot point, Jason, because um, you'll start to see it on socials and, and want to make sure that it's that everyone's aware. Um, we have the uh, joyous occasion this year of playing a match on the ninth day of the ninth month. So um, for the next whatever it is, week and a bit leading up to that match, we are going to be encouraging everyone to dust off your electric green and Black Creek gray, and we are going to have a wear your wear your Y9 on 9-9 night down at the Pyrac or wherever you are at York Lions Stadium. Chance to break that stuff out. Um, many of us only having a chance in year one to wear that with the pandemic interrupting that second season. So um, keep your eye on socials for that. Hopefully that'll be a good time and, and a chance to sort of uh, sort of show your roots in terms of how long you follow the club. So um, hopefully everyone's aware of that and, and can take part. So Jason, um, player of the year voting is on. Amongst our supporter circles here, how is that looking so far? It is. Uh, it actually started off looking like it was going to be uh, dominated by. I'm not going to spoil anything, yep. but uh, one player for the U21s and then one player for the Player of the Year really ran away with it. And then I think in some of the more recent voting, it's tapered off a little bit to be a little bit more even. So I think we got maybe a week more to go. We got. Um, a good amount of people that voted and uh you know it's it's pretty much you know what's the criteria people that have you know been out to the pyrac people that have been part of like um just any game over there in the supporter section any away viewings and, and things like that keeping it within um the uh the supporters that make up you know northern corridor and center of the universe and uh yeah so i uh, it's hard to say stuff without spoiling too much, but it's now sure. pretty much a battle between a couple of players for the U21 Player of the Year, and it's a battle between uh, two players for the um, for the Player of the Year. And there's uh, an interesting. This will all be you know revealed once the uh, once it's revealed and we we give out the you know who the winners are. Um, but yeah, there's uh, some interesting uh, voting going on that I can't right to, to go about. But we will also have in our fanzine. Um, thank you to everyone that's also written a little bit about why they voted for each player. So awesome. again, we got a, about another week of that um, and reach out to this uh, York supporters account uh, if you want to have a vote there. Yeah, if you want to take part in that, it's it's the supporters player of the year and supporters uh, U21 player of the year. Um, just join up with one of our groups, take part. Um, there's not a lot of commitment involved there. You know, you get involved in some of the chats and, and visit us down at the Pyrac, and these are some of the things we try and do. We will be having our, uh, our, our custom award scarves for the second year in a row, which worked out really well last year, so excited to get that going again. Was it, I think, the ninth we said, Jason, would be the end of voting, so... Yeah, yeah, so reach out to either the group, any of the groups through socials, and, and we'll see how we can get you involved in that. Yep. 
And uh, actually, we are just the, that's that's a good uh, preview to to shrink it down a little bit on the uh, if you're listening to this and you just want to if you do the weekly or the yeah the weekly votes for player of the match or the monthly votes for player of the month. We just had our player of the match, Dom Zator, for our last game against Cavalry. Um, to throw it back to the game against Forge, the winner there was Moba Bully. Yeah. And uh, against uh, Edmonton, the winner was Jordan Wilson. So uh, it's, uh, the, the last two there, Wilson and Babuli, was uh, with their first wins um, of the season there. And we are about to, uh, probably soon after this show is done, you're going to see online on the socials, uh, Player of the Month voting for August. Awesome. So that in that case there, uh, Jason, how does that work for anybody wanting to vote for that? Is it a matter, again, of being involved through socials if they want to vote for a player of the match, or is it more wide open than that? Yeah, that's, that's a good ask. You just either – you can actually vote up to twice, depending if you have a Twitter account, a Instagram account, or both. Um, the same four uh, contestants go on the Twitter account and on the Instagram account. Um, voting is 24 hours because that's the limit that Instagram gives and voting usually goes up anywhere between 48 hours after the match to you know, about three, four days after. Um, and in the case of player of the month voting, uh, same idea. All you have to do is go to the, this Twitter account that's talking right now. Uh, or the Instagram account of the similar name, which you can find uh, linked on a few of my posts. And uh, you can vote again once if you just have Twitter or you just have Instagram or vote once on each, uh, on each account if you'd like. And, uh, and we get a good amount of people voting. And then when Player of the Month comes, um, you see all sorts of accounts come out and, and show love for a player that they think uh, did really good. Our Players of the Month so far have been uh, Nico... Um, Chris Ensa and I believe Dom Sator has it twice, both the first month and the most recent month. So we'll see who it is this month. Awesome. awesome. So, um, any thoughts on the on the commissioner appointment? It's yeah. got to be better than the last one, though, hasn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's the question, right? I mean, it's... Uh, you know, to, to get the quick rundown here on on where that leaves us, um, we have uh, he's he's been part of uh, he's Mark Noonan. He's been part of the U.S. Soccer Federation. He's been involved with the U.S. Women's uh, National Team, uh, MLS VP of Marketing and Fan Development. He was Chief Executive Officer of uh, Accra Hearts of Oak in Ghana. Um, and on top of that, outside of soccer, he's been involved with the New York Mets, international basketball through FIBA. Professional Bull Riding Association, the World Surf League, and Gatorade to round it out. So quite the interesting resume. Um, any, any, what, what do you guys think we're going to see? Do you see what kind of impact do you think we'll see from him? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't, all I know is what I've read recently, and his resume does look very good. Um, I, th- I think he will be an improvement on the last guy because, you know, who appointed himself a franchise and then dipped out the door was a little bit weird. Um, it's a growing league. So with the resume he has, hopefully he can help grow it. But uh, it's a very important time for our league. 
um, to grow, as you were talking about, to, to add new franchises across and actually grow the league across the country, especially because it's almost like a timeline here with the World Cups coming up. It's yep. kind of like to strike when the iron is hot. So it, it's got to be right now or it's like a big missed opportunity. So I, I wish him all the best, but I, apart from his resume, I haven't heard much about him. Yeah, time will tell. We definitely needed an appointment there, and it's just I think it's comforting to know we have that. So, um, so look, I want to take this minute. We're going to pivot a little bit here. Um, a bit of a surprise. I don't know how many of you caught up in the chat. Um, and I'm going to invite him in here, and I'm going to try not to butcher his name, but we have uh, Michael Geldreich, president of the Lakeside Boys Pacific Supporters Group. How did I do on your name, Mike? Uh, close. Yeah, okay. Mike, Mike Geldrich. Yeah, you can hear uh, me. Geldrich, there we go. Okay. I probably could have asked ahead of time, and I should have, so I apologize for that, but I will... Uh, it's okay, man. I, I go by Mike G. Mike G, fair enough. Okay, we'll go with that next time. So, uh, president of Lakeside Boys Supporters Group since December of 2020. Um, I found your uh, your CV to be interesting that you um, not only are a tradesperson, but an urban farmer and a scuba diver, so it seems like you... Uh, your interests are well spread around. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm a diverse guy. <laughs> awesome. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun for sure. So let's get right into it here. Um, this is the first time we've done this, trying to bring in supporters from 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 clubs that we're facing next. Um, and I think it's uh, important to sort of um, and informative to get to get the perspective of your opponent leading into it. So why don't we start with Pacific season? How have you felt so far about how it's gone? Um, I mean, it's been a, it's been a pretty good season, right? Like we, uh, started strong, um, you know, coming in off of a high of, of, uh, uh, winning the North star shield and then beating forge at home, which had never happened before. So that felt great. I'm, I'm sure you understand. We enjoyed Um, it. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, uh, we we had a a great round of opening games. Um, the the month of June was not so great for us, and and which is fun, ironic based on it being a fundraiser. But we can talk about that, that in a bit. But the uh, it's it's been a it's been a more or less good season, right? Um, uh, losing Diaz hurt. Like uh, I'm I'm sure that's no surprise. Yeah, no, for sure. Especially like in the middle of a Concacaf run. Um, mm. I I I get it. I understand. I'm a grown up. You know, there, I think we all have those moments of uh, that that separation with with head and heart with the game. Yeah. You know, like we know what what's what makes the most amount of sense, but we're also like, but I wanted this. You know. Yeah, I think um, we can relate as a fan base with with Abzi's sale, um, but yeah. you know, we weren't facing the same uh, daunting schedule that you guys were, and. But at the same time, we were looking to climb out of a deep hole with results, so can understand 100% what it feels like to lose a player of that caliber. Yeah, and and also you you know what it's like when you've also got that that cup run on the side, right? I, I remember hearing um, earlier in the show, uh, I think it was uh, Angus McMahon saying, you know, referring to it as, as the run, and um, how for us the the Voyagers Cup competition didn't really feel like a run this year, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. No, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, it, actually, though, I think that was the that was the first time um, that there were penalties at at Starlight. So, oh, wow. um, as, as you know, with penalties, it, you know, there's that chance that it could go either way, and and no yeah. matter what, uh, it I, I put this up um, after the, that last Concacaf game, but it's it's weird with penalties because you know 
you might feel like you didn't lose the game. You just lost the skills comp at the end, you know? Uh, and uh, especially for us with that CONCACAF game in, in Costa Rica, where, where we turned around to, to, to earn the right to, to play for penalties. But, um, you know, it's how penalties go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess we'll move on. I, I'm curious about this to the next, the next part. Um, maybe you can give us some insight on, on what it's like on the island, what supporter culture is like out there, uh, what your goals are as a supporters group, um, you know, following Pacific. Well, it's, it's funny because the Lakeside Boys were founded like 10, 12 years ago as a Victoria Highlanders supporters group. Um, we do still actively support the Victoria Highlanders, and that does cause a, a little bit of division because when Pacific FC came around, they uh, they were approached by the club saying, hey, uh, you know, you guys are a supporters group in town. Are you into this? And, and they decided to go in um, with the same name as, a, as an organization. Um, and um, had it not, you know, that, it's hard to say whether League One BC would have started out right away with, um, with COVID going on, but um, with uh, the sanctioning going on by not being able to play the Highlanders, not being able to play in a U.S. league, right? So um, all of that put together makes us uh, uh, this melange of different styles of supporting at times. Um, with us sharing the support section at uh, Starlight Stadium um, for every game since the inception has been uh, TOP, Torcida Organizada Pacific. They're um, you know, uh, a group of passionate Brazilian fans. And uh, for us, um, I think that the, the onus has been to, to kind of create a joint uh, united supporter section, right? Not have different groups of people uh, trying to chant over one another or sing over one another or try to claim space as their own and just create, you know, two different walls of noise. It, it, the whole point for us is to uh, enhance game day atmosphere, right? That's one of our four tenets of our constitution. And, um, you know, we, I, again, I don't think it's any shocking surprise, but um, we are definitely leading the league in, in, in TIFO. Um, uh, yeah, that's so, fair. Absolutely. <laughs> um, one of that that's something that that we the lakeside boys like really bring like the, the visual component to it we've got a lot of voices um but we know with uh with top torcida organizada pacific that they um with that brazilian style they want to be this sort of constant heartbeat have drums going the whole time right um you know maybe maybe quiet a little bit if we get scored upon but then more or less immediately start back up again being like look this is an intimidating atmosphere we got you guys we'll build you back up that 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 sort of spirit right um they in a lot of ways they they provide a heart and soul to that to that atmosphere right i'm not saying we go along with it we add a ton to it um but that for me personally and, and not everybody agrees on this, but for me personally, I think us having that United section just puts out a more cohesive, you know, well, a more cohesive wall of sound, right? Like, and, and, um, and area. It's not like you got a clique of 12 guys over there and a different clique of 12 guys over there. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, even if you guys could, uh, like, I don't know how it is at, at York Lions, but 
I do know uh, it's my understanding that there's several different um, York United supporters groups. Yeah, we do. We do work together for the same sort of goals in terms of atmosphere. We are we are fairly connected in terms of that for the match day experience. Absolutely. So, so um, yeah, we we share a similar um, similar um, um, yeah, I guess arrangement that you do. Yeah, you know, um, and and uh, the the whole point is that like we we share this united passion to like watch this team and and propel them to to success, right? Like that, that's the deal. And um, I, I managed to get to that Hamilton, uh, the final last year. And, you know, it felt like until, until the goal scored, it, it felt like there were the, only the three of us PFC fans there that traveled there. And then, you know, um, family members of the players and this whole other section stood up when, when the goal was scored that were like, who are these people? Where'd they come from? They don't even wear, you know, we didn't even see pe- people wearing PFC gear. So it, Obviously, when you're an away supporter, it, it changes things. But I'm I'm a big uh, I'm a big proponent of us trying to organize uh, as supporters groups in, for the CAMPL to kind of uh, I don't know let, let's let's call it a supporters bill of rights, including uh, things for away supporters because I think it's really important that like if if you're going to go to the great expense of traveling, uh, it, you, maybe you guys don't have this going down to, to Forge, but for me, yeah, coming out to see that game, that was four thousand kilometers, right? Like that's that's large, you know, that's a European, you know, oh, well, we're playing against Turkey, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, but um, only within your own country, within your own boundaries, in your own league. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of of eight teams, right? And uh, to to travel that far, it it you know, you got to take that time off work, great expense. You've, you've got a little bit of jet lag. You're you're you there are moments where it feels like you're in a foreign country right like i'm like this you know it's not seattle but it's also definitely not the west coast right all the convenience stores are different just everything is different right that's how big canada is and we often forget that until you do travel it and i this is why i think it's so important that if that 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 for the league or for us to help the league get there is to be able to be like if people are going to do that travel to like make sure that it's welcome that it's not like you know um, here we're going to sell you a seat uh, in front of a bunch of fans that are going to be pissed at you that you've got a flag and you want to wave it. Uh, you know, like find somewhere for you to be where you can go and do that. And so I know for me personally, anyone who who comes to visit um, uh, at Starlight, I'm happy to like make sure that they they've got a good space if they want it. They're carved out. They can you know they're not going to get hassled by security because we've we've seen that where I can see supporters of uh away supporters of other teams getting hassled by security being like you can't stand here and wave a flag or bang a drum or something and you know uh i don't know it's important for us to you know we're we're we don't just support the team we should support one another we're we're supporters groups right yeah yeah and it's and it's we've had that i mean it's it's more difficult to get our stuff into into uh into the timbit box and it is uh obviously to bring it into our own ground and that sort of thing. And, and yeah, we have limited exposure to you guys. I mean, we've, we've had one or two uh, uh, very unique and, and isolated experiences with um, the very noticeable purple shirts, because if there is one there, it's pretty easy to pick out, but it's nice to get totally. some insight on the culture around the group altogether. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, one of our guys here, Ronan, he had his hand up. Ronan, did you have a, did you have something to say a question? I did. I, I think we had a PFC guy in with us before the original Fox in the hand house. 
Yeah, the original fox in the henhouse. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, but what I was going to ask is just something that came up there earlier with, with what Oliver was saying, with Rob Friend going to being involved in that Langley uh, uh, deal for the new CPL team. Uh, what did the Lake Side Boys think of all of this? Well, it's tricky, right? Uh, again, back to that sort of head and heart thing, right? Like my heart's like, well, like I'm gonna be super pissed if all of a sudden, you know players get poached or, or super team gets built. Right. But I don't, everything that they say that they're telling us is that that's not necessarily really the case. Right. And the intention, they, whether they're, whether it's Rob friend has deep pockets or he's able to talk to other investors to make it happen. uh, I'm all for growing the league and, and, and to be able to actually have a team where I can travel to, um, and be home potentially in my own bed that night, not be like, okay, well, I need to take four days to go to this one two-hour soccer game. You know, uh, that's huge. Uh, it's a bummer that it's the same owner. I hope it, it, you know, if they can maintain and ensure that there is zero conflict of interest and run them as two different organizations, I'm I'm less concerned at this stage in the, for the league who's signing the checks. Um, that that. But they have to obviously be able to maintain that sporting integrity, right? Like that. It's crazy that it's allowed here, though, isn't it? It's absolutely well, messed up. I find it hard to wrap my head around it as well. Like that, uh, Bob Young also has money in Halifax as well. Well, this is exactly it, right? It's not like it's unprecedented in the league, but they, the MLS had to do the same thing to the point where I think there was a, a guy who owned eight to ten teams in those first years, right? That that's crazy talk. But, um, you know, uh it you got to get it going right like i i would love like i i, I can't imagine that i'll be a, a, alive for this to happen but i would love for the league to to almost have like a, a german 50 plus one sort of thing going on where where teams are owned by the local fans with a sort of supporters trust i would i would love for that environment to happen but um that is slow going and it's not uh that's not a north american sport thing right like, no, uh, we'll we'll wait for we'll wait for a stadium to be built because right now the attendance is not footing the bill, so I don't want to be involved in ownership quite quite yet on our end. But absolutely, yeah. like, all kidding aside, that format would be would be really interesting because it would keep that um, accountability to the fan base to have that um, that level of involvement and obviously the investment that would bring into it. Because, like you said, um, you know, as much as you know, we talk about Bob Young's involvement with the league and his ownership of Forge and money in Halifax and the and the and whatever the arrangement's going to be out out where you are. It's you need willing investors, and if those willing investors means that maybe you have to sort of look past a potential conflict of interest until things are stable enough where you don't need that anymore. Maybe that is where we're at with this league. Well, that there are so in so many industries, there will be people that like own a successful business and start up a competing business just to be able to turn around and sell it. Right. Like I think they do that in beer all the time. Um, I'm not, I'm not a capitalist. I want to be very clear on this. There are whole facets of this that just, that, that turned me off, but I am a big soccer fan. And um, uh, I know there's a part of me where I'm like, this will never happen, but it's my personal like shoot for the moon thing for, for soccer to become that sort of, to, to really challenge hockey as the sport in this country, right? And it, it's possibly well, because it, I live at this stage. Yeah, well, and it, it's it's because I live on Vancouver Island, right? Where we we yeah. have a winter we have winter soccer league. I I 
like hockey is you have to go to arena. There's no neighborhood lacrosse box that that floods in the winter that people can skate on. Now, that's not real. I've yeah. never skated on a lake ever. It's not possible. It doesn't get cold enough here, right? Yeah. So yeah. um the I, I've played soccer in the winter on in, in the day they, they didn't have before turf, they were calling them all weather fields, but really it was just kind of crushed gravel. Um, and it was brutal. You'd be pulling pieces of gravel out of your knees all the, all, all the time. But that's, you know, I think this area, the, the Cascadia area, right? We've got the Vancouver Island Soccer League. We've got the Vancouver Metro Soccer League and the Fraser Valley Soccer League that all run from, like, starting now, like, this weekend till March. Um, and and amateur leagues. But, they, you know, you're out, you're out there in that pouring rain in that, like, you know, we can't use this field today because there's too much snow. We're going to have to use that other field over there, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. I, and Look, I love that. Absolutely. No, for sure. Look, I, I want to make sure we touch on this while, you know, while we have enough time, Mike. Um, sure. I wanted, to bring up the, I wanted to bring up the Pride Razor campaign. I know that uh, in, in my experience, Lakeside boys seem to be pretty heavily involved in that. We, uh, uh, at Northern Corridor, we attempted to get involved year one, but we were just a little too late forming and, and trying to get all the, all the, uh, everything lined up and all the bits and pieces in place. Um, but I think it went much better for us this year. You sort of alluded to the, to the, what was it? I guess a bit of a dry, uh, <laughs> bit of a dry June for you guys, much the same as we had, but um, what's that been like out there for you guys? Well, I, um, I was very fortunate to be uh, uh, approached by Pacific FC um, to see if I wanted to participate or be, be their fan representative in, in common goals, play proud residency this year. Uh, so that would like, I don't, I don't know if you guys know what common goal is, but it's a l massive organization that, that does charity work and social justice work, um, with funds from football. Right. And, uh, they have a, a program called play proud, which is to, their, their aim is to educate and help get homophobia out of the game, uh, around the world. But this was a, a North American residency. So they, they, they got us like for, for everyone that was participating in this they had a fan rep uh, a community uh uh group like a like after school soccer sort of program youth community group and uh, a representative from the club and for us to all go down there and participate in this event and um it was amazing for me i could i could go on about this forever but it, it was uh yeah it's very important to me personally that that it to work towards removing that sort of male toxicity element from being a sports fan, you know, um, especially with, with yeah. soccer where, where, uh, the, you know, they're not only does the women's team have so much exposure, but, but women play this game, right. Uh, a lot. And like everyone plays this game, let's be honest, everyone everywhere plays this game. And, yeah. um, to be able to make sure that there are equal and, and, and equal opportunities for everyone at every skill level to get out there and be able to kick a ball around. And if you're able to do that at a competitive level, but you don't feel like you can do that because you, you, there, there, there is that level of male toxicity, whether you're, you're approaching it as a player or you want to go as a fan or you, or any of that stuff. And so you're, you're immediately don't know that to, to me, that's horrible. Right. And yeah. we, we got to actively make sure that that's not a thing and not, and not just by educating or not just by participating in the, the pride razor campaign, which 
you know, I think everyone listening knows what it was, but for those that don't, um, it's a massive organization out of the States to be able to help um, tie the goals that your team scores to uh, uh, any supporters group fundraising for their LGBTQ uh, plus um, charity of choice, local charity of choice. Yeah, um, absolutely. Who, who did you guys have? Um, P Flag York Region. So, um, yeah, it was P Flag York Region. So, we tried to go for the first year. Um, uh, Josh, one of the other guys in Northern Corridor, was able to make a connection there this year finally and sort of and connect those dots for us because it just, just timing was too compressed the last time to get everything lined up properly. And, and to be honest, we, we started out quite small as a group and then all of a sudden, uh, the amount of work and what we were trying to do expanded quite quickly and it was difficult to sort of keep everything moving along, but I think we've got a, I think we've got it set up there. So we're looking forward to taking part of that um, uh, going forward as well. Cause it was, uh, it was a great initiative. Yeah. Uh, in the, the year before we were able to, to organize it so that um, they would, they postponed the event only for, for the CanPL because we had the, the kickoff event in, in Winnipeg, right? And that didn't fully align with the month of June. It kind of crossed into July and, and almost to the end of July. So uh, the Pride Razor uh, folks were more than willing to kind of set up our own thing. And that is just something that they were willing to do this year to not kind of have a, a, anyone from the CanPL tossed into the same pot as all the other supporters groups from the States. But right. for us to have kind of our own, you know, uh, not only searchable, but more of a kind of direct competition, friendly competition against one another, right? Which is, again, something that I think is um, really amazing with being a soccer supporter in a way from from that that can set us apart from just that sports fan TM thing, um, is that yeah. we'll do that charitable work, right? We'll we'll go yeah. out there, we'll, we'll put our, our best feet forward. And, uh, you know, I, I, I say this often, I... I don't want, I don't know how short we are for time, but one of the coolest things about being a soccer supporter for the CanPL is that we're not bound by that hundred years of club history that they would exactly. have in, in other countries. So we don't, we don't have this, like, this is the way that your great grandfather supported. So you're going to do it that way. And you're like, yeah, but everybody's great grandfather was more racist than they were. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. you, you can't, you can't count on that love. Tr tradition is peer pressure from dead people. So yeah. Yeah. You, we have this new thing and we can make it be exactly what we want it to be. And why wouldn't we want to make this be the best, most enjoyable, like have to go to event and, and, Really, yeah. really sell it to all the the soccer casual fans out there, or even the, the people that are on the fringe, being like, "I don't know if I like sports." And you're like, yeah. "Yeah, like I bet you do. You just haven't been, tried it. You haven't tried it, yeah, or have been felt too corporatized, or like, yeah, even every every time I go over to a, see a game, whether it's Team Canada or or whatever, but in, in BC Place, like I feel like I'm getting shaked down, right? Like you can't bring in <laughs> anything, yeah, that, you know. Yeah. You're yeah. emptying out your wallet. Oh, you you want a beer? You know you're going to get fleeced, and then they won't even take cash. No, sorry, this is a yeah. cashless facility. And you're like, yeah. what? This yeah. is not your fault. But I like, why do you got to make this so hard, right? And it's at Starlight, it's like it's not soccer specific, but it really feels like it's an intimate environment, you know. And yeah. they're planning on um, expanding next year as well, getting rid of that hydro pole and uh, curving the stand around. So. That's cool. Um, 
we're yeah we're looking at a lot of positive growth and again this is the thing that like um to bring it back to the rob ferentz situation it it's not like i we'll see if all of a sudden we get uh we feel like we're the forgotten club and there's no money and you know uh but i, I just don't see that happening and and even yeah. despite that uh, you, we have fc edmonton as an example of the team that feels like everybody forgot about and you know, no, not surprisingly, we, the, we didn't. They're our second team, so so we didn't forget about them. <laughs> yeah, right. They they uh, <laughs> it's it, it's tough, right? They're, no, it's, um, it, you want to see that that succeed. All kidding aside, you want to see it succeed because you you made an important point there too, though about about the the whole opportunity to create a culture and identity as a league and grounded. We talk about it all the time. We wanted very much to make sure that what we do as multiple groups coming together is very organic. Um, that it's not informed by anything other than what we really just sort of do on our own naturally and, and, and ensure that it's not too forced because um, yeah, just, you have that opportunity to set, uh, set that framework right now and, 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 and do it properly. So, um, yeah. so that's, that's, it, it's a bit of a big responsibility, but it's, it's also such an interesting experience to go through in terms of that for sure. Well, it, it's the beauty of it being organic is that there's only so much responsibility until you, you, you see how things develop and then you, you, yeah. you you pick out the best and you you leave behind the worst, but you you have that. Uh, oh God, you 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 made such a solid point there that um, that escaped me. Now I should have written it down, but that we not only do we have this and we 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 can make it be what we want it to be, but we for for to not be bound by other things be getting inspired by 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 everything that happens in all, all the different countries right yeah, One of the, yeah. for better or for worse canada embraced multiculturalism right that that's our yeah. thing that's the thing that we did right so the best way that we can re- represent that is be that melange potpourri of all the cultures like throw it to the wall and see what sticks and this is what works and everybody gets on board with it because you're like yeah this is kind of what life is like here, right? And Absolutely. the more multicultural we make it, the you know, people are looking at us weird all the time that we're singing songs in Spanish and, and sometimes even Portuguese. And like, who cares? There, to me, I'm like, there is not enough French chanting going on, to be honest. Absolutely. Um, and uh, you know, I, I I challenge every supporters group in the country to go out there and make sure to get your like create a, a nice, clever uh, club identified. French chant. I'm sure you can find the way. They do, it That's doesn't true. have to be Alouette or Frère Jacques. I promise. You know? <laughs> That's nice. Well, look, honestly, Mike, I still have a bit more time here. This has been, um, yeah, it's, it's been it's been a great conversation, kind of covering a lot of different things here, from from the culture to your club season and and so on. And and I, I want to let's tie it right back with some actual football. It's the big match coming up. We're uh, it is we're a big desperate. match. We're desperate to hang on to to our, our slim hopes of playoffs. Um, you guys are coming off two straight losses and no goals um, and holding on to fourth place with Valor breathing down your necks. Um, we, um, we, we owe you one because it was a 4-2 loss last time, I believe, that we saw you. Um, what, are your, what, do you what do you think? What, do, what are you expecting? What's, what's the outcome that you, that you see happening out of this one? Are you pessimistic? Are you optimistic? Well, I'm I'm optimistic. We 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 tend to have good home form, right? Um, and uh, I wouldn't be doing what what we do if I didn't go there and give it my all to try to get them to to get the win, right? Um, but 
you know, I, and I said it um, after watching that first, um, that Ottawa York um, Forger Cup game this year. Like, don't, don't slouch on York, man. They, you guys have got a tight team. Um, you know, obviously there, there, there are some players that, um, that we know, right. I've, I've never been, the, you know, that it's, it's a thing where it's like, I don't know if you guys hold it against, Pacific fans that that Manny moved to us, right? Like I'm like, well, I have no saying that. I'm happy to have him, but it's not like you know, he's let me, playing let me jump, I'll I, jump in there really quick to, to let you know, like that time frame was really strange for the club because we had new management coming in, we had a new brand coming in, we had a squad that had been together for a better part of two years, um, and there seemed to be this, well, I don't know, for lack of a better term, mass exodus. We had Maury Donor leave, we had Manny leave, we had. Uh, DTR leave. We had a bunch of these guys that were that were core players for that year one and, and the Island Games. You know, Telfer ended up being gone. Uh, Gattas didn't even stick around. Like all these guys that were supposed to be big parts of that club just disappeared and moved on. So, and Manny being a captain was a fan favorite. Um, but I think you could see it was more than just one player making a decision. Yeah, and and it, it no one likes those lateral moves in an eight team league, right? Like it hurts. But um, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that he's here. He's a great guy. Like I'll, I'll never forget standing outside, uh, the donut box there when he came out with the North star shield to, to show his family ahead of the whole team, just the smile on his face, right? Like in in that way where you're like, no, I'm always going to have a soft spot, uh, in my heart for this guy, no matter what team he plays for, because I've seen him as a real human, you know? And, uh, those little connections are the things that, that is so important to me with, with football to remember, they are just people out there doing the best that they can, right? Like whether I'm, a, you know, whether I want them to do this, I'm never going to hate on those players because I'll be able to to disconnect. But it is it is hard in those moments where where you're looking at a game um, like coming up here on Saturday where we've still got a, a bunch of players on suspension, uh, many being one of them, right? And it it it's hard, you know, you know what it's like when you've got that, that those uh, injured players too, and yep. you. Your what your brain says the possibilities of how this game could go, but yeah. you 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 can only do with what you've got available, right? So um, that was that was the no wins in ten stretch for us, and there was a lot. Our entire wing, our entire attacking group, with the exception of 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 uh, Di Rosario, was essentially you know either completely or hurt or one guy healthy at different times. We've had so many different players filling in on the wings, and uh, and then. And then again, we've been struggling the back line until some of the transfers came in. Uh, Rogers struggled to stay in the lineup, stay healthy this year, and we had midfielders playing in, in the in the back line. And so, yeah, we we saw the the chaos that it was causing in our end. Yeah, and we we saw that from the, our first year too, right? Like I saw a team foot, you know, with um this I think this being that hundredth game uh, for PFC coming up this weekend. Um, they've they, they've been releasing on Twitter like a bunch of photo, you know photo collages of, of you know top yeah. 100 moments and there's team photos from the first year where you're like yeah no one on our team is there now right like <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. and um it, it doesn't seem like it's been that long but for for those kind of changes to happen like in, in some ways it's a, where that league is being built for right developing players getting them moving on doing whatever giving more opportunities for people to play but it is a. Uh, it's hard, you know, um, yeah. you, you, I, I, I'm pretty sure you guys are, are big supporters of, of PFA can as well. Right. And, yeah. um, 
I, I know that that might, you know, that often people will make the argument on how it's like, yeah, but ticket prices might go up. I'm like, I don't care, right? Yeah, so that we don't need three of the players sitting around at home kind of making mac and cheese to be able to make ends meet, right? That's not cool. Um, or having to take a construction job in for the two months of the off season because, yeah. like, they can't afford rent. You know, we we uh, we've had we've that. had players we had players leave to become arborists because it was a better career, a more lucrative career than 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 playing football in this league. So there's, there's and you know, arborist a whole... is a pretty cool career, actually. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, we... but I mean, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be more lucrative than playing professional sports, really, in the end. And so that's you know, and again, it's a whole other rabbit hole we can we can go down for sure. Oh, yeah, but, you know, like but... on, honestly, I'm happy to come back if, if you if you want any time, but um, yeah, for, for that sure. you know collusion but um i am i am looking forward to this game i uh i i'm gonna predict a, a pfc win despite our our league record um score what's and, your score prediction oh, i hate score predictions um <laughs> i i definitely I'm, I'm more inclined to be like a two to one or you know dare i say three to one but i think like two to one is more realistic for us um yeah i hope it you know i I love high scoring games, even if they're close games, right? Like I, who, who wouldn't rather go to see a four, three game than a, than a one, nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, I, I think with the bully, you know, you know, oh, it's tough, scary, right? isn't it? we've, got, we've got some goals in this now with him and Dero uh, in the attack. It's, it's kind of a scary look. So it's going it, to be funny thing. Yeah, when, they, when but right before Jordan Brown was coming on, it was looking like Diaz left, and 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 we were getting a striker. I'm like, is this going to be one of those moments where PFC pulls Dero in or something? And I was like, oh man, York will hate us, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we it's funny because we we could and should have that rivalry because of you guys knocking us out at penalties and yeah. spoiling our our season home season ender last year. Um, you know, it's definitely it's a bummer when your last home game of the year is a loss, even if like. When you know we went on to to, to win, right? The the yeah. and hoist the North Star Shield. But I tell you, at the end of that night, I'm like, well, that could be it. I might not yeah. see the team this year. And you're like, meh, you know? Yeah, for like, sure. Go yeah. home and shower off instead of being like, let's go out for beers. And um, so may may you win your uh, home season closer. I, I hope it's not against us. I don't think it is. <laughs> Uh, no, our closer at home is Valor, I think. So we could be yeah, doing you a favor yeah. if we win that one. So, yeah, maybe you know. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping we obviously that we make the playoffs. Um, I, yeah. I'm I'm optimistic. Um, but we we <laughs> you know we're, we're hoping for the same, but we have to be extremely optimistic at this stage. But it's the glimmer is still it's, there. It's true. It, it it's yeah. tough. You're not mathematically eliminated yet, but you know I. Uh, at the start of every season, one of the things that I always hope for with the league is is some parity, right? Yeah, um, sure. Like b- bring it down to the wire so that we we all, you know, it's like you, yeah, you lost out, but like you gave a good fight, not getting trounced upon. No one wants to. This this is a, the the bummer with you know watching uh, leagues like the EPL is that sure. you know pe- people well, have their favorite contending team and then they have their like maybe somewhere in the pyramid team, you know. Yeah, well, we have that gap, unfortunately, from fifth down. You know, six six to eight was a bit of a gap to get into fifth. But I will say this, and 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 um, 
you know, and, and then we'll, and then we'll, we'll let you go for the night. Cause you filled a good half hour for us, which has been fantastic. But, um, and I want I, to I appreciate think, that it is late out there. Like for me, I'm like, Oh, it's just 10 to eight. You know? Yeah. It's all so, good. Yeah. No, no, no. It's all good. Uh, no, we, I'm, I'm going to go outside and see some sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. But I think that, you know, it pains me to say it obviously because they're in the same province, but the fact that a team like Ottawa can go from the bottom and then have the results they are having this year and find themselves in the top of the table, as much as it, it's difficult to look at from a standpoint of when it's a team that you um, you play so close to and, and you were above them. Like we're in the playoffs last year, they're dead last. And now they're, you know, we're almost flipped our roles around. It, it still gives you hope for the next year to see that it's possible within this league um, to be in that position. Obviously, you know, we're safe from relegation at this point, but the fact that you can see a turnaround like that, it's one of those things that keeps you hoping for the next year. So. Well, um, it's true. We, we were terrible in 2019 and uh, we, you know, we're the 2021 champs, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, and next year we'll have that wild card of that uh, the Langley team coming in. That sadly will probably be something like Vancouver FC or something ridiculous. Um, that you know, I don't know, but um, we'll have fun creating Tifo, making fun of their name, and um, and here here's the here's that last perk on there being that same owner. At least we know that there will be, we we won't have to fight hard for them to get us a charter bus to like to to get us there, get us on the ferry, yeah. get us to the game, get us home yeah. in the same night, right? They'll yeah, you've got the club to the make thing. that happen. Yeah, they're getting Sell the tickets ready too. Yeah, exactly. You know, right, well, look, Mike. Uh, honestly, honestly, appreciate your time tonight. It's been it's been a lot of fun having you on and and getting a perspective on your end. Um, I. Uh, in, in one way, wish you the best of luck for the season. The other way, I, I hope you guys slip on the banana peel that's York United when we when we see you uh, on Saturday. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, don't don't slouch on York, but um, obviously I'm hoping for the win. Right on. Cheers. Well, thanks a lot, Mick, and hopefully we'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace. Have a great night. All right, boys. I'm not sure who's still with me, but I think we can uh, – we can we can wrap this up. It's been a good one. We're gonna do uh, an hour and a half long here for the first one at the on, in our new home. So um, I might try and bring each of you in if you're still along with me to uh, to get your prediction. What do you think we're gonna see on Saturday, Ronan? You there? Yeah, I'm still here, bud. Um, negative Nelly. I I uh, I think we've got better firepower. Uh, best case scenario draw. Draw. We need how many, like we're we talking one one two two score score draw. So maybe one all. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Jason. Yeah. I mean, they they are like a team that I think is going to be wanting to slow their roll. They're watching what yeah. Valor's been doing. So I think Pacific. I think maybe might see Busto score. We might see uh, DeSantos seems to be on a little, a little bit of a small tear, especially with that really good goal in the CONCACAF League. So I, I'm going to say a couple of them are going to score. And then on our end, we're going to probably see, I'm going to say DiRosario get number 10 on the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ty Wubens Facias up there. And uh, yeah, maybe like a 2-1 or 3-1 for Pacific. And hope I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Well, uh, I'll take a I'll take a stab in the dark here. Uh, Fern kicking cleats. Are you with us? You have a score prediction. You want to you want to chime in? Um, 
I'm going to say, I don't know. I just have this little ray of hope. I don't know what it is. Um, I'm going to say we're going to pull it off, but barely, though. I'm going to say 2-1. But, like, after this game, we're going to be a depleted side. I think that, obviously, this season really hurt us in the injury end. I have to say this. I just have a feeling. And, again, I'm going to do the rosary tonight. Making sure that no one gets injured. Going to do it over the pictures. Sprinkle some holy That's... water. Um, but I, I think I think one of our guys is going to get hurt. I just have that feeling, um, oh, and that's going to be kind of our, our kind of write off for the playoffs. I hate to say it, I really do. But we're just and we're, I hate to say it also too. We're, we're kind of used to seeing our guys go down. So I know but, it's tough not to see that ahead of time. Hopefully, you're wrong with that. I'm Mostly going to too, really too. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm going to continue my 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 eternal optimism, and uh, and I'm going to go the two one. I, I really want to go two nil, but the but the young lad in goal, it's 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 a big ask of him to put that kind of pressure on. If he can pull a clean sheet out, then I'll uh, then uh, he'll get multiple high fives from me. But um, yeah, I think it's I think we can pull a two one win out of this. I think we've got our attack is clicking right now. And I think to be honest, we probably could have pulled that score out against cavalry if it wasn't for the delay in that match. So um, I will continue my optimism. It's going to be two, one. It's going to be a winner from, from Dero. Uh, Babuli will score the other one for us. That's where I see it at because guys, at that point we've got, we've got three winnable matches. If we can stay healthy between Edmonton, Halifax, and I honestly think we, we, we match up well against Valor. Um, it really, you know, we're going to need results to go our way elsewhere. And we're going to have two really tough matches at the end of the year um, with, with both uh, Hamilton and Ottawa away. And that's going to be a really difficult hurdle, but um, there's still hope when there's still hope. And until that, until that light is extinguished, I'm going to, I'm going to hold out hope uh, as it stands. Any final thoughts from anyone? Yeah. Hey, August was the month we went three wins, no draws and a couple of losses, but and one of those losses, our uh, keeper went down 21 minutes in, and it went to, again, a 20-year-old kid who hadn't really been on the team for too long. And uh, yep. Imaris actually played uh, rather well, I want to say, against Forge. Like, yep. you know, really stood. I think that the, team's co- the team as a whole was, was on another level that game for sure. But, well, and, um, just, and just before, and just so you, just yep. Jason, just a quick look here. Uh, against Valor, I mean, it was almost dead. We actually had more possession, almost dead even. They had quite a few more shots, um, but, um, you know, 17 to 9, but shots on target was only 8 to 5. Corners were even, fouls conceded. They they conceded a few more fouls than that, but we, we, we matched up pretty nicely uh, in terms of in terms of the play in that match. So it's, I really do think that, like you said, if we, uh, that, that can fall our way if we wanted to. Yeah, if September looks like August did. Um, yeah. You know, watch out because, like I said, you know, being in that away section at Forge, you sometimes really feel, I don't, you know, our, our guys sometimes have that road warrior mentality where you just... I'm not the, afraid to go there for sure. I agree with you. I'm, yeah, not afraid, right? I'm not afraid to go there. And then you never know with, uh, it could be such a great finale against Ottawa where Ottawa most likely will be trying to play or battle probably to to try to host the game right and yep. it'd always yep. be fun to maybe play speller for that and you never know if it's cavalry or pacific or I hate to say it forge that might sneak out there so it's a it's a exciting uh season um you know even even if we 
you know, I, I'm pretty, hate to say it on a podcast supporting the team. I'm pretty, uh, much since we lost, uh, even to Cavalry last time that we're out of the playoffs, but what we can do is, you know, play spoilers, play that, uh, that team, uh, that's always the underdog and makes, you know, a really strong run finishing the season going into next one, because something that's, about this season is uh, there's no CONCACAF league next year. Yep. So you're, you're not really getting any international comp. You're, you're getting the North Star Shield, so you get to celebrate the microwave plate. But yeah. not really international comp- competition versus the 2023 CPL season. There's the one spot for first place in the season and the second yep. spot for the North Star Shield on yep. top of the Voyagers Cup third spot. So then you know, even if we take this season as a bit of a wash, but go really strong into next season, uh, we were talking about earlier Ottawa going from having their trophy cabinet with a wooden spoon in it to looking like the team that's going to have a microwave plate in there if they yep. keep doing what they're uh, doing throughout those playoff games. I mean, they're, they're, the thing is about Ottawa where it's where it's where it's tricky to me is that. There's a lot of hot takes out there right now, but I think they're just a certain amount of luck at the right times, but they're very opportunistic. I mean, they're winning games. They don't, you know, looking at the, at the stat sheet after, they shouldn't be winning, but they're taking their chances. And to be honest, I think our position on the table will be a lot different um, if we were able to take some chances that we've had. And, and I think you'd probably get um, Angus agreeing with that and a few other people there that we've had opportunities that we just haven't taken. And, um, then you add the injury stretch and that 10 game winless run and, and, and that's where you find yourself. But momentum does carry over from one season to the next. Trust me. I'm watching it with my English premier league team right now that it carries over from one to the next. Um, so yeah, if we can finish off strong and it would be nice to, it'd be nice to, um, to go into Ottawa and come out of there with three points just as a way to, to transition into the next year, less about what it does to Ottawa, more about um, how it pushes us into the next season. Yeah, exactly. With uh, Moba, Bu- Moba, geez, why can I not say his name today? I'm Bob, so excited. Bob, to be Bob, Bob Bowley. <laughs> we have uh, already seen him score. We've already seen him get the player of the match uh, voting, and knowing that he's going to be on our team in 2023-2024, if he really links up well with uh, with Dero. With that's the key Brad name there, right there, Jason. No, that's that's the guy that. To me, that, that a partnership with those two and keeping him in the fold and hopefully not being poached of him is a big deal for, for our future. Because so, he's really, really shown us what he's capable of this year. So it's been exciting to watch, for sure. Yeah, him and, and just one that's been really outstanding, hopefully his injury's not been too bad, is Paris uh, G has had actually yeah. really great performances. He is already second on the team in assists. I looked it up today. He's that's, been on the team for maybe two games, two and a half games. That's, that's bonkers, man. I don't know what that says about – if that says something great about him or awful about us, but either way, it's a, it's a ridiculous stat to try and wrap your head around. So, Yeah, but so. We, can, uh, we can do what we can to you know, finish strong. So we visit yep. Pacific. We'll see what we can do there. And then we're going to be wearing that York 9-style green on the uh, game against Edmonton where surely we can beat Edmonton. We said on yep. Canada Day to go on to lose to them. And even that second game of the season, we were like, whoa, what's going on? And shouldn't we have beaten this team? And I think yep. we, uh, as much as we're 
again, what can happen next season? I really hope both uh, Gonzalez and Worcheski are wearing the the night stripes I know, next I season because sure. their chemistry is outstanding. Especially seeing Gonzalez like launch a ball into Worcheski, and they've Absolutely. done it time and time and time again. So to know those guys are technically under contract on our team, we were talking about Edmonton being our B team earlier, but uh, yeah, come out to York Lions Stadium if you have any of the York nine uh, year one or year two yep. stuff make sure to electric wear green that on the- electric green baby yep. electric green is coming back for one night so yeah that being said that's it we've got we've got uh we've got our match this saturday and then we're back york lions for three straight so so come on out um you know definitely represent your york nine colors in the ninth and then uh yeah i think at this point we'll look to circle back for another one of these um probably right ahead of the valor match our last home match um will probably be our last live spaces and then looking ahead to do our first recorded pod as a season recap so um that being said thanks everyone for joining us um it's been fun and and we'll see you in a couple weeks thank you everybody for joining as always and listening and come on you nine stripes all right cheers have a good night